0: So God help us. I want to preach to you today from Second uh, Timothy. I got some scriptures I want to read, and this is kind of not like Ron Tiller's preaching. You know, I'm I'm more of a bull in the china store type of guy, but God has has ministered in my spirit and spoken to me. And I just pray that you get out of this without hope and believe God wants us to receive. <clears throat> In front of me, some of the greatest men, but we're not without failure. We're not without fallings. We're not without brokenness. We are not without frustration. We are not without low self-esteem. Yeah, Life can Take a toll on you. Living for God even. So I just want you to know today that God loves us. He did not come to condemn, he came to save. Praise God. First Timothy chapter one, verse one, Paul and an apostle of jesus christ by the will of god according to the promise of life which is in christ jesus to timothy my dearly beloved son grace mercy peace from god the father and jesus in christ jesus our lord i thank god whom i serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of Thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see Thee, being mindful of Thy tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in Thee, which dwelt first in Thy grandmother Lois and Thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in Thee also. Wherefore... I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of god then i want you to go to uh, chapter three i'm sorry for the lengthy reading i feel it needful this know also in verse one that in the last days perilous times shall come turn away for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins led away with diverse lust ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth now as Janes and Jambres withstood Moses so do these also resist the truth Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further. And then if you'll go with me to chapter 4, verse 10. Let me go to verse 9. Can you pull up verse 9 too? I'm sorry. Verse, yes, thank you. Paul's about to die. He's wanting Timothy to come to where he is Titus has has gone to Domitia Crescens to Galatia and he is calling for Timothy to come do thy diligence to come shortly unto me history does not tell us that Timothy made it to Paul before he died so, Paul now only has Luke with him, and in writing this whole letter, especially the second book of Timothy, this is probably the key point that I want to bring out today. He said, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. My subject today is Demas because because demas hath forsaken me because demas hath forsaken me if you would put your bibles down won't you lift your hands as high as you can lift them and your voice as loud as you can lift it with all the sincerity Praise God. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Praise God. Paul, three main characters that Paul had in his world and in his realm of association was Timothy and Titus. And you read three times in the Word of God about Demas. You read that Demas was a fellow laborer. You read that Demas and his greetings along with Luke, to the church. And then you read about his forsaking Paul. It seems like when you read the first book of Timothy, he goes over the leadership and the qualifications and, and not giving in to his youth and, and being strong and firm and, and um, holding the doctrine holding the doctrine young men need to learn how to hold on to truth people in general need to learn how to hold on to truth and he goes through a lot of the the same things he deals with in second timothy but second timothy takes on a little bit different spirit to me and this is ron tiller in my reading of these two books I can see a change in Paul's spirit. Paul was not one to be uh, tender toward a young preacher. He sent Mark on because Mark was afraid. And uh, he rebuked and stood face to face with Peter in contention. And now he seems like that spirit is on him when he is writing to Timothy and you can see it also in Titus in his writings. He don't mince words. He don't, he's not tender toward this young man that's, that's fighting to be a man of God here and to hold truth. But he is being strong with him, firm with him. Whenever a man of God has to be tender toward correction, then you're not going to take his counsel anyway. He's got to be able to, to, to deliver to you the correction you need as he feels it in his spirit. If a man has no passion for truth, his, his correction to you when you disobey the truth will be, will be flimsy, be weak It'll be a nonchalant, I can care less type thing. But when a man is passionate about it and believes truth and somebody steps beyond that that he loves, then he is going to raise up. And he's going to correct the situation. He's going to deal with that. And as men, we can't just get our feelings hurt and be sissified, if you're pardoned. That's Kentucky preaching right there. You got to be able to be a man. And you got to be able to take correction. And you got to be able to take it with dignity. And be submissive to the leadership that's over you. So, when we get in the second book of Timothy, man, we are, Paul is really digging in. Study, pray, stay strong. He said some are swerving and they are turning aside because of vain, uh, vain jangling words that are coming at them from every side. And he said, people are listening to the voices without more than to the voice that's within. And he is saying, you've got to be careful of that in, in Titus and Timothy first and second, you hear Paul mention vain, vain things that are coming out of men's mouths, things that have no substance, things that have no meaning, And he is warning Timothy, you need to be careful of listening to men that have nothing to say. And I'll tell you something else. I never take counsel from anybody that don't feed me. So Paul is telling Timothy, don't listen to that. Get away from that. He is telling Timothy that there's going to be false teachers. And he is vehemently, he is preaching this to him. Paul has hit another gear here. His life's about over. He's lonely, and he is really preaching into Timothy right now. He said, be careful of these false teachers and backsliders. He said, there's going to be all kinds of men that's going to come and go. And he spoke of men that has left the truth. He spoke of Hymenaeus and Philetus. He spoke of Alexander. He spoke of Alexander the coppersmith. He spoke of men that fought against him and he's telling Timothy, this is what you're dealing with and and you are going to continue to deal with this. These men are going to be after the church. They're going to be putting words in your people's ear. They're going to be coming against you. They're going to be speaking lies into your ear and it's going to be an intimidating time, Timothy. You need to understand Timothy's day was not easy. Timothy was not the type of pastor that could go to church and put his feet up on the desk and and sit back and read his Bible all day long. It was a battle. There were spirits that were swirling around that age that was fighting the truth of God's word. And Paul is now preaching into this young man and telling him to hold on. He tells him to, to hold up the qualifications of deacons. He tells him that to be strong and be powerful. And he tells them over and over that some will depart in latter times. Some will depart in latter times from the faith. And they're going to give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And their conscience will be seared with a hot iron. They'll have no ability to determine right from wrong. He said, you've got to be strong. You've got to hold on to doctrine. You've got to remember not just the doctrine. But you've got to remember who preached to you this doctrine. You've got to align the message that you've got with the man that gave it to you. And the spirit in which he gave it to you. You've got to look at the life that he's lived. The suffering that he's gone through to hold on to this truth. That he could even pass it down to you. you gotta, you got to measure what you have. Not just by the message, but also by the messenger. And you know that that stands true. A lot of times you see people that get messed up with the messenger. It ain't long before they're messed up with the message. And you've got to hold on to the messenger. And you've got to believe in the man of God. You know, there's going to be some that's going to fail. I understand that. But there's a whole lot that's not falling. There's a whole lot of great men that's still in the pulpit. Praise God. Praise God. And he is telling Timothy, he said, there's voices that's going to come against you. you got these deceivers. you got you got worldly people that's going to speak to you from without. And they're going to attack what you believe. And they're going to come against what you believe. And you're going to preach things to your church. And they're going to hear about it. And they're going to say, oh, that's not true. You don't have to do that. But he said, you better listen to me. You better hold on to what I've delivered to you. He is emphatically putting into him, listen to me, make sure you got a hold of it. Don't, you know, he wasn't just saying, Timothy, I feel sorry for you. You're going to go through some hard times. But what he was saying is, you know what? You're beyond this. You don't need compassion. You don't need to be tenderly touched and, and helped. You need to hear strong, passionate Preaching into your spirit that's going to let you know this is more than just something that I believe, it's something that I am. It's a conviction not a preference, but a conviction. If it's a preference Timothy, then you'll let it go. Something will come your way and you'll let it go. Whether it be money, whether it be women, whether it be this or whether it be that. But if it's a conviction, you'll die for it. You'll hang upside down on a cross if so be for it. It don't matter what comes and goes. If it's a conviction in your spirit, you'll die for it. You'll suffer for it. No if ands or butts about it. Is there anybody here today that's got a conviction of truth standing up? Praise God! And then it was the voice of Timothy's father that Paul had to deal with. And men's got different opinions on that. Timothy's dad was a Greek. Some, most historians, matter of fact, everyone I've read said he was not a believer. His mom was a believer. His grandma was a believer. And it was their prayer life and their faith that that God responded to when he called Timothy. And then Paul laid his hands on Timothy. And you see, Paul constantly calling him his son. My son, Timothy, my dearly beloved son. He felt like he was more of a father to him than his own father. But yet you got the Greek voice of a daddy that's saying, you know what? You don't want to get involved in that mess. That's not real. You need to stay in the Greek mythology. You need to stay with the Greek education. You don't need to get involved in that, Timothy. There's not much. And he's listening to his dad. And he feels a fear of failure. And a, and a fear of letting his dad down. And then there's the voice of those that's inside his church that's saying, you know, Brother Timothy, do we still have to live that way? Do we still? Somebody, you know, Brother Till, you're pushing the, the, the parameters pretty far. But you know what? I pastor today, and these same spirits talk to us today. And I don't think the devil ever changes. I think he just puts on a different dress and he comes to our every generation with the same tactics of fear and of, yeah, of fear and doubt. Paul's intents of dealing with this. And he says to him, he said, Timothy, God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And he vehemently puts it in him. he said you need to buck up you need to be strong This is not of God. You're letting the devil come in and detour your ministry and detour your life. He is vehemently preaching into him. And he is telling him that it is the will of God for him to live without fear. I want to tell some man here today, you need to stand up. You need to stand up and not be afraid. You're not afraid of failure. You're afraid of the problem of success you're afraid of the price of living holy and victoriously you're not afraid of failure you're afraid of commitment so he says Timothy God gives you a spirit of love he said a love that never fails love never fails God gave you a spirit of power That will overcome every obstacle. God gives you a sound mind. Because we know that whoever gets the mind gets the soul. Whoever gets the mind gets the soul. Perfect peace. He said, I give to thee. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee. He said, Timothy, God gave you a spirit of a sound mind. And the power... And of love, he said, "You need to get rid of the fear. You're too cautious. You're too you're too inhibited. You're too you're too fearful. You're 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 timid. You you don't know what to do, and you, you you get patience and hesitation mixed up. And hesitation is when you know what to do and you don't do it. Patience is when you don't know what to do and you just stand waiting on God." Timothy, don't live a life with fail in fear. God have mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be a good soldier. Notice these words. And I know I'm kind of belaboring the point here, but notice these words. Be a good soldier. <laughs> endure hardness say so you got to endure you paul uses terms like that to let timothy know you need to have a militant spirit you need to be aggressive and you need to be a, not afraid of the battle There's going to be times you're going to have to probably battle the spirit of your unsaved daddy. And there's going to be times you're going to have to battle what comes from without to attack what's within. There's going to come times when you've got to be militant. You've got to stand up and you've got to be bold. And there's going to be words that's coming out of you that are not timid and they're not light and they're not soft, but they're strong. I'm not just trying to save your soul. I'm trying to preserve a doctrine. He said, you got to be a good soul. Don't be entangled with the affairs of this life. Man, I hope somebody's getting something here. Don't wrap yourself up with, with Hollywood. Don't, man, don't wrap yourself up in the sports world. Don't be entangled with the affairs of this world. I'm telling you, man, it puts spirits in you. You don't even realize when you're entangled with the affairs of this world i know we talk about politics and we talk about trump and and we're all and we talk about all kinds. that's all right i don't have a problem with you talking about it but let me tell you something let's don't get entangled with it i still know who sets up and who puts down i still understand that god is the puppet master of this world There ought to be a voice come out of this place right now that will let the devil know whose side you're on. Be militant. You need to be militant in your prayer life. You need to be militant in your praise life. You need to be militant in your worship. Militant in your giving. There's oh, something inside of me that says, I'm not going to take no for an answer. I know who I am. I know what I believe. I'm not just fighting for me. I'm fighting for the doctrine. I'm fighting for my family. I'm fighting for my kids come mama show ya. You'll give me a, Just let me go on with this for a minute. He gets to chapter 3. And he said, Timothy, in the last days, perilous times are coming. He does not give him any type of a fluffy future. Only in battling for the things of God. And maintaining his own spiritual connection with God. He said, perilous times are coming in the last days. And he said, men, he said, men shall be lovers of their own selves. Mm. There needs to be, there needs to be a stripping. Our spirits need to be rent like the veil in the temple. <laughs> not about me it's not about what I am it's not about my comforts it's not about me being comfortable it's about my family it's about my God it's about truth you need to fight the spirit that says I need this and I need that all we need is God They're going to be covetous, wanting everything, boasters, look what I am, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, young men, unthankful, unholy, without without natural affection. We need to drive out effeminacy out of the apostolic movement. Let me tell you today, a natural affection, it deals with mamas having their babies aborted. It deals with husbands abusing their wives, Unnatural affection. It deals with lesbianism and homosexuality. It deals with all that in the last day. We're in the last day. Timothy, you better be careful. You need to stand up militantly and fight against these things. Timothy's reading this letter and something, I can see it in his spirit. Man, Paul's coming at me hard. Man, he's driving this. What's in his crawl? What's going on with him? And he continues his letter, and he tells him, he said, there was two men, Jannes and Jambres, that withstood Moses when he tried to lead the children of Israel out of bondage. Uh, They matched his first miracle, his second, third, and fourth, uh, but they're. Timothy, you just hear me when they couldn't match the power of God. I'm telling, you know what he's telling Timothy? You hold on, you keep preaching. The world may come up with some kind of a a program, a church show that looks a lot like what we do, smells a lot like we do. They may do a lot of miracles like we do. They can't preach a delivering message. They can't... You're in an apostolic church with truth and truth makes free. shout I'm going to dance I'm going to shout unto God I am a man that is free and he drives it and he is emphatic and I read this and I'm thinking what in the world is Paul doing he is not letting you know what time brother Puckett corrected me it was a three day correction I preached a youth rally and I said uh, I don't know how many times he counted them but I said my God my God man that Saturday night I went to church Bishop said hey hey and he talked to you for an hour before church. He told me I was that far from being sacrilegious. He said, You used that word like it was a slang word. So I took it. I went to a prayer room. I repented. And then the next day, I got to church about two hours early. Hey, hey, Ron, two hours. I'm telling you, man, he cut into me sharp. And he would not give up and let up. So I took it. After church was over, I'm thinking it's about over. We're going to go eat and have a good time. He said, hey, why don't you go eat with me today? I said, where are we going? He said, 45 minutes away. I said, okay. So we get in the car. My wife, Sister Puckett, Brother Puckett, we're driving up the road and he starts in on me again. Man, just... Pow, pow. And I'm thinking, Lord, when's this going to stop? While we're sitting at the table. He's correcting me in front of everybody. This was not a private session. This was a brutal attack on the foolishness that was in the heart of a man. So he gives it to me again. We get in the car to go home and he starts. Mom says, Dad, he's got it. Won't you leave him alone? And I said, yeah, you know who you sound like? Boy, I said it when I did. He spun around pointing his finger at me. He said, boy, if you don't want correction, I'll never talk to you again about it. But if you want correction, you better submit. So it took me about two seconds to say, Bishop, correct me. Why? Because I want to be preserved. and i'm thinking paul why'd you do all that why'd you do it and paul's about to die and luke is the only one with him and christus is gone titus is gone he's lonely he's in prison he's cold and when he said do all diligence to come he would say tim they come quick knowing that it was at least about a six month journey because of the weather because of winter and then he says in his writings for Demas had forsaken me having loved this present world let me tell you why Paul was so vehement in preaching It wasn't the fact that Demas left him. It was the fact of the reason why Demas left him. He loved the world. And Paul said, I've lost Demas and he grieved over it. Man, he grieved over it. He wept over it. But then one day he was probably weeping over Demas and crying over him being gone. And then it dawned on him. I don't have Demas no more, but I still got Timothy. Timothy. And then he started driving the letter home to Timothy. Be a soldier. Be strong. Don't let the world get in your spirit. I'll tell you why we preach like we preach. Because we've had some Demises that have forsaken us because of a love for the world. That's why there ought to be passion in a ministry to the people. Two weeks ago, I had a young man. He may be even listening, and I don't mean no ill. He's a missionary to Ireland. I pastored him in Ohio. Soul winner. Strong. Wasn't afraid of anything. He goes to Ireland. He's in Belfast. Where the spirit of fear and intimidation is strong. And I said, How's it going? Oh, I mean no ill. He said, Well, you know, I'm setting this conference up and setting that conference up. I said, How's your church going? Um, been there eight years. He said, We may have 20, I think he said. And I'm thinking, that don't sound like Joe. I said, bud, what's going on? He said, well, you just don't understand. He said, you can't preach against Trinitarianism up there. He said, those people will kill you. They threaten your family. He says, you can't preach against that. I said, well, Joe, isn't it ironic? That the only thing that makes hell tremble is a one God message. I said, my friend, you need to step out. If you're going to preach truth, then preach truth. But don't tiptoe around and say, well, I've got to to be tender toward the people. And I want to tell you something. We're trying to preserve a truth that will save Hey, daddy, before your kids backslide, you better let them know what you believe. They better know what you believe. By the way you act in church, by the way you live, by the way you talk, your wives need to know what you believe. They need to know, hey, hey, honey, I'm a one God apostolic tongue talk and holy living, faithful to God and faithful to my wife. Don't let there be a demon in your life that wakens up your ministry to be more fervent and wakens up your walk with God to be more fervent. Don't let somebody go away from you that once had this truth. And then you say, you know what? I wish I'd have been a little bit stronger. I wish I'd have been a little bit more vocal. I wish I'd have stated my beliefs a little bit stronger. My daughter was 19 years old. She walked in one day and said, "Dad, I can't live like this no more." She said, "I can't live like this no more," and she said, "I got to leave." She said, "I know you'll never change," so she said, I, 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 "I've got to leave." So she went and packed. She come down. said, okay, we're going to pray." Prayed for it. The foot of the steps. She walked out the door. And I've seen her, I think, three times in eight months. That night we go to bed. Somewhere in the middle of the night, I, I hear Connie, my wife, in the other bedroom. Oh, God! And she's got her head pointing out the window. Oh, God! Hell ain't gonna take my daughter! And she began to pray a hedge around our younger daughter. Yeah. So things got a little bit strong on Tara. She didn't have near the rope that Brittany had. Nobody believes a little angel's going to do anything wrong. So you let up a little bit maybe. Well, you know, you're 15 minutes late for prayer. But when Brittany walked out, Wasn't no more slacking. We put it in terror. You're a child of God. You get committed. You get devoted. You get stronger. My voice probably got louder. My fervor got more intense. My passion was out of the roof. Because I wasn't going to lose another one. Some of you men have lost some precious things in your life. Some of you've lost wives. Some of the reason may have been because they didn't want to be apostolic, but you've lost things. My Shaya, you've been grieving over the loss, and I feel like the Holy Ghost wants me to tell you, you need to quit grieving over the loss and start focusing on what's left. Lift our hands right now. (sighs) Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And Paul said, I got to drive it in Timothy. Yeah. Yeah. Some say that Demas went to Thessalonica. Some of the once saved, always saved say he never departed from God. He only departed from Paul. You know what, if, if that next phrase wasn't there, then I could, I could say maybe, maybe. But he loved this present world. Some say he went to Thessalonica and became a high priest of a pagan temple. Is that not the way it is when people backslide from truth? They go as low as low can go. And Paul began to hear rumors. Maybe he said, "I don't want Timothy. Timothy's my son. Timothy's my son. I want to preach a passion into this generation of men, to where you just don't think take things carelessly." I wish you'd shout and run, dance. I'm all for that. I'm not against that. But I want to tell you something there's a much more need here than that. You don't just need a restoration of emotions, you need a restoration of conviction. Yes, my shout and my dance can't be based on emotion, it's got to be based on conviction. A year later, my daughter come back home, called me up, said, Dad, I want to come home. I said, Brittany, things ain't changed. She said, that's why I want to come back home. Yes, yes. I knew it'd be the same. I don't want this no more, Dad. I want to come home where the message is clear. Won't you stand to your feet right now? This altar is open. I don't know who's here. What's the need? I don't know. All I know is I feel like renting the veil of my soul. I'd like to hear some young men pray with some conviction. I'd like to hear some elders walk around and pray loud. Won't you speak some strong, passionate things in these lives? We need some militant prayer warriors. We need some militant worshipers. Hey, Pastor, get in your get in your pulpit with a little more fervor. Don't let the loss of demons blind you from the focus of Timothy.